0: Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Lowdown. Today I am delighted to be joined by Christian Dobrick an advocate both of positional play and also a member of the German coaching school of Ralph Regnick to preview this weekend's upcoming Champions League final between Manchester City and Chelsea. Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Christian, you've been on once again. <laughs> How excited are you for this weekend's final?
1: I'm pretty excited i think it's one of the most entertaining teams in the world that playing against each other and the i think biggest game that you can have in european football and i think two of the most interesting coaches in the world are going to compete against each other and yeah well that's going to be a great show and i think even from the tactical point of view it's it will be incredible incredible yeah it will be a joy to watch
0: and it's something we've discussed on our previous podcast, Christian, and indeed off-camera today. Um, one of the biggest legacies which post-COVID has had on top-level football has been that top-level football now is all about control. Be it keeping possession for long periods of time or going back into low-compact blocks without the ball. There are a few other teams which personified this as good as both Manchester City and Chelsea starting with man city christian i mean what a season they've had what has impressed them most about you over the past 6 to 7 months
1: i think they got an incredibly or incredible flexibility all over the uh, the whole squad if you have seen the last season from manchester city and how they struggled at, at a few points especially on the international top level They were really forced on a few players. And I think one of the achievements of this season is that they are not forced to use certain players to be successful. As you can see, they have a really nice squad with really top, top players. And everybody is part of the collective. And for Pep Guardiola, it's amazing to have this flexibility in a squad and change things up. And as you can see, the tactics of uh, Manchester City, regarding to the last years, they changed. So it's more flexible, not just two, three, five like he played it in the in the last seasons. Uh, sometimes he played a similar uh, game model or structure like uh, Johan Cruyff used in, back in the days at Barcelona, with three in the back, and uh, really nice flexibility and i think that's one of the biggest strength of manchester city this season and that's why i think it's totally deserved that they are going to the champions league final and also dominated league
0: i mean especially christian we've seen chelsea or we've seen manchester city sorry in the big games especially set up with the strikerless formation case in point approaching this weekend's clash with chelsea ilkay gundigan is it the citizens top scorer this season. I mean what does this tell us about their system and have ch- have city struck the perfect balance between that blend we spoke about between order and chaos before I mean we're fast be- we're fast becoming involved in an age of football or an era of football where formations are becoming utterly useless really and it's all about
1: the principles would you agree? Yeah totally. I think in the last podcast, we spoke about formations and how they are important in modern football, and I think they're not important at all. As you can see, it's just I think Pep once said it's just like telephone numbers. It's not important anymore. It's just if you play four four two or four three three in the game, the formation and the structure is never like you have them on paper or just on on the table. And as you can see, Pep uses his fullbacks in a flexible way. He's using his number eights in a flexible way. Uh, it's all mixed up and nobody is in possession in the same position as they are in pressing. So I think that's one of the key aspects that these flexibility and also, as you said, or mentioned uh, the role of Kai uh, Gunuan, I think it's really important to see these kind of changes and development in the squad because if you look back on the days on El uh, he was really static on his position, like he was in the classical pivot. And right now he's something like, yeah, I think a, a number ten, a half number ten. And I think that's one of the most important keys for the for the, the whole squad that you have players that they're able to play multiple positions in a in a high quality. And if you have a squad like this where every player can is, is able to play two or three. Different positions in the match and knows how which zone has to be occupied in which certain moments. I think that's one of the most important aspects if you like to dominate the game and be in control and uh, not drift to the chaos. Of
0: course. And I think, you know,
1: for two guys such as ourselves involved in coaching,
0: Christian, it's still funny. I think Guardiola, even though he's won two Champions Leagues and he's won league titles everywhere he's gone he's still undervalued and underappreciated to a point in that you have this Manchester City team, although great individuals and whatnot. How exactly hard is it to distill this method of play which Guardiola has evoked over the City side where each player seems to be playing to each other's intentions? And we discussed off camera, there being multiple reference points on a pitch, you see most teams just using the ball as a reference point but City are able to use the ball, their own teammates, the opposition. How tough is that to coach?
1: I think it's not that tough because regarding, if you walk, work with your players in general, I think there are really smart players outside, really, especially on the professional level. They're really smart players. They think like coaches and you need players like this in every team, no matter if you play a position play or if you play a different style or a different model. But I think if you work with principles that are easy to understand and you have a way for your players to solve a certain situation, I think it's not that, not that hard to coach. Like in my personal work, we also use this, this game model of positional play and we help our players with simple rules and In certain moments they can follow. And that's something that gives them security in, in different situations. And if you have these kind of rules for your your team, it's not that hard. But for you as a coach, the work begins to define your principles and define your rules for the players. And if you're not able to define what you like to have in certain situations and different phases of the game, then it's hard to coach. But as you said, I think Pep Guardiola is incredibly underrated, and I think it's a cultural thing. So not just in England, also in Germany, it was always like we – we have a different culture of football in, in our countries in england it was i think pretty similar to the german style it was all about power it was about uh, speed it was about uh, being a tough guy and papagayola is, is the total opposite of that and in germany it was the same germany was really it was a culture of heavy metal football like jürgen klopp called it it was about speed about counter attacks about high pressing and these position style with a lot of control and being patient and all this it wasn't in the, in the DNA of the country and I think that's why they're underrated in these kind of, of countries but in, in different countries like in Spain or in Catalonia I think they get the, you know, the appreciation they deserve and obviously there's been a slight modification to the Guardiola
0: guidebook when it comes to positional play this season Christian and, you know, when Guardiola said earlier on the season, we are not a team for the transitions, and he referred to Manchester City regaining their rhythm by making a 1,000
1: passes, what exactly did he mean? I think that he knows that his teams need the... Tra- Once Pep said he doesn't like his team to not have the ball because they can't defend, I think it's something Pep really liked to use phrases that are maybe not the reality but most of the time he he gets the point point. and i think he liked to say with that that if you're not good in transitions you like to have the ball all the time and the main goal is to re- regain the possession if you are losing it and i think that's something that he likes to implement his players in the mindset they have a, they have a focus on a certain aspect of the game like if you lose the ball you have to win it back immediately or we have we're in, we in struggle, we have problems. and I think uh, that's why he said something like this. I think Manchester City at all is not a bad transition team and also they played great counter attacks. I think every team, if you, are, if you are have the reminder that Pep's way of playing is the total football, I think total football means that you need to be dominant in every phase of the game so, in possession, without possession, and the transition moments, in yeah, set pieces, I think everything is important to yeah, to have control over it. And Pep knows that really well, but he likes to focus his players.
0: Naturally, he's a guy too. You know, he wants to dominate all the phases. And albeit before, we're City, we're more gung-ho with their high-pressing. The season, they've been a bit more passive. But that doesn't mean they sacrifice anything, really. When you look when they're defending, they're actually OK when they go into medium to low block and become compact. We've seen how the signing of Ruben Diaz and the rekindling of John Stones to top form has helped that too at Manchester City. And the knock-on effect, which has had, of course, Christian, is we've seen City... Although, be it they're playing with a slower tempo, more passive pressing, they do concede less XG per shot. But how will City just manage this Saturday, the counter-attack of Chelsea, which we discussed off-camera, with Werner's pace and, of course, the dynamism of Christian Pulisic, Mason, and players that are adept at breaking the lines through passing and dribbling?
1: I think the counter-attack is one of the and yeah, the strength of Chelsea in general and I think that will be one of the most important aspects to control but I think if you control the the center and the midfield you're able to control counterattacks so as pep started to bring his fullbacks into the middle it was not just because you can dominate the ball with five players in 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 the, ch- in the channels and the center um, but also because you have a really good structure to prevent counterattacks and I think uh, if Pep is mentioned to his possession phase, he also will use similar structures to prevent uh, players from making deep runs. As you can see in the in the last matches, he was really patient about which player has to move where into possession to prevent counter attacks. And I think that will be one of the most important aspects for him to prevent this counter attacks. And he is really good into finding solutions in possession to prevent these kind of moments. Like in Germany, he always saw every team was playing 4-4-2 and one player, one striker was far ahead and the other striker kind of, he was like a false nine or was going to the side and he was really good in in controlling these two players because these were the the most important players in this kind of counter-attack model that is dominant in Germany. And I think he will find solutions. But on the other hand, I think he won't. He will be not be so. I think he is not. Can I say it? He will give also the ball to Chelsea and try to give his players a pause. It was a long season and the players had really much to do. And he knows that it's it's hard to go these last ninety minutes and. As you said he's also in the low block he became more confident and he's keeping the things simple and i think these simple things will decide this this match if we are if you're going into the basics you're good in the basics and uh, you're also good in, in the similar the, the simple things i think you will win this game it's not not that important to have the best tactics i think the simple things will decide
0: of course and you speak about the simple things and it's something which one my perhaps assistant speaks about the whole time and when Lilo was asked before to give a detailed description about positional play, he just had one line and he says, look at the opposition, they'll tell you what to do. You've seen, as you discussed the season, City have a knack of pursuing numerical superiority out wide when they build up in like a diamond-like shape. And they do that in order to overload and isolate, essentially to find a qualitative advantage elsewhere. If they do so on Saturday, as we expect, where exactly do you think they'll target within
1: Chelsea's structure? Yeah, I think, as you could see from the Champions League game against Dortmund, for City, it's really important to uh, control the half spaces, so uh, the interior channels. And I think these, the control of the interior channels and the half spaces will be the key to bring this game model alive, to bring the, the opponent on one side, and try it on the other side and to try to score there. And if you control the half spaces, then you will win this game. But as you saw, Edin Terzic from Dortmund, he, he knew that Pep liked to control the half spaces and he needs to control the half spaces, especially against the low block. And Thomas Tuchel knows Pep really well. Uh, these two guys are going to, to dinner together and speaking about football. And uh, something that I really would like to listen to, but uh, <laughs> that's a different topic. Uh, but I think the the, the control of the half spaces will be something that they will be battling for in this in this game. And it will be really interesting to see which player will decide it with their individual quality to dominate these places. If somebody like N'Golo Kanti is able to prevent Kevin De Bruyne from controlling the half, the, the half spaces, it will be, I think, one of the most deciding factors on the tactical view.
0: Meanwhile, looking at Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel in particular, I mean, what a job he's done in just over four months at the helm. Given your insight and what you've heard of people who have worked with and for Tuchel, Christian, I mean, what is, what do you think he's brought exactly to Chelsea Football Club?
1: I think he brought a certain mentality. I think that's one of the most important aspects that Thomas Tuchel can give a club so i don't know if it's uh, known in the in the anglo speaking in the english speaking uh, world but he once made uh, i think a keynote speech on, on a think tank from i think the industry in germany and in this keynote speak he or a keynote uh, keynote yeah uh, speak i think he talked about how he set up a, a team from the mentality aspect and he's a guy, he's really about the detail. He's disciplined. He is, he's going to make better players just because of the mentality. He he liked discipline a lot. And I think that's one of the most important aspects on the first, uh, on the first try with Chelsea, because I don't think that in general, the team of uh, Frank Lampard had this kind of discipline that Thomas Tuchel brought to them. But on the other hand, I think he is, a tactical genius and he has a certain mythology that is different from everybody else in the Premier League and that's also different for the players and that brings a new impulse and is going to push the player out of comfort zone and that is something that is incredibly incredible, uh, important for his success and as you can see he is a tactical genius. He learned at first from Ralf Rannick here in Germany. And after that, he learned from Pep Guardiola. And you can see these kind of influences in his game and his way, how he's approaching uh, in general and uh, how he set up his teams.
0: Exactly, and I mean, if you look at Tuchel's earlier days at Mainz, of course, given constrained resources and everything else he had to deal with, it was to quote or to paraphrase Bruce Lee, my style is no style. And we've heard players come out and say they were expected to change formation up to five, six times a game, which is frankly ludicrous, even at today's top level. But at Chelsea, there seems to be more of an embedded philosophy. Uh, Two people like Guardiola loves controlling the most important spaces on the pitch. For him, that means he wants to press and to pass as much as possible in the opponents half. What does this look like on the pitch?
1: Yeah, as you can see, he has an an assistant coach, Zolt Löw, and I think he's the guy about the pressing. He's from Red Bull, and you can see that he is really into these Red Bull topics, like a good pressing, something Red Bull is really known for in in all Europe. And you can see this quality. And he likes to be dominant about pressing on the one hand, and also he likes to be dominant when he gets the ball. So these are, I think, two sides of the same coin. And uh, Thomas Tuchel got that. And uh, if he says he likes to have the ball all the time in the opponent's half, it's similar to what Pep Guardiola said back in the days. Like Pep once said, his dream is that uh, you can lock up the opponent in his own half and uh, they don't even cross the, the line of the, in the midfield. So I think it's the same dream those two guys have. And that's something that uh, Thomas Tuchel meant, that he likes to pass the ball, pass the ball. And if there is a, is a gap, he likes to exploit this gap and it's going to play through. And if it's not working in, in this way, he likes to press, press and use this transition moments to score a goal. And I think it's something like a hybrid between the pure Pep Guardiola who came from FC Barcelona to FC Bayern and uh, brought this into Bundesliga and talked a lot with Thomas Tuchel. And also on the other side, uh, the influences of Jürgen Klopp, of, of, of Ralf Rangnick. Uh, like scoring after seven seconds and so on, what uh, Ralf Rheineke is always t- t- uh, talking to his, his trainers and his coaches and his, uh, in his school of Red Bull. You can see these influences, and I'm really, I'm really hyped about to see it at the weekend. I think it's a great clash.
0: Of course, and I mean, one, not so much conundrum for Total. But a conundrum and what's spoken a lot of the time amongst Chelsea fans is Timo Werner. And he's a player which I believe is actually crucial to Tuchel's style of play in this high energetic counter scheme. I mean, you as a coach, Christian, how would you feel if you had a player that was giving you so much without the ball and in most other phases of the game? But when it comes down to just sheer numbers and scoring goals, he's not giving you the output
1: you require. I mean, where do you lie on this? First of all, I have to say I'm a, a, really, I'm a great fan of Timo Werner. I'm, I'm really. So I I've, I've, think he's one of the most underrated strikers out there. And you, you as a coach, you need to know how to bring him into this game. Like, as you can see, it, as he started at Red Bull, uh, he had coaches like uh, Ralf Hasenhüttl after that, later Ralf Rangnick. And they had a certain playing model where he has a lot of space in front of him. And as a striker, this was crucial for him. So there was a counter team like heavy metal football with, with Jurgen Klopp. And Timo Werner, he works in this kind of style really, really well. And as you could see at the German national team, it's the same with Timo Werner as the start at Chelsea and uh, the, talking about the output because he has a different role there. Timo Werner is, is really explosive when it comes to pace, when it comes to dribbling, and I think these are his, his key, uh, yeah, his, his key skill, the key of his skill set in general. And as you can see, if you know these, there are differences between this game model. You need to change the role of Timo Werner. And as you can see, also Julian Nagelsmann, he used Timo Werner in a different kind of manner than the coaches before at Red Bull. So he played more like a number 10. So he has, again, more front, more space in front of him uh, because uh, the the teams in Germany, they got to a low block against Red Bull. So there's a change. And also in the national team, there was a change because you can't, you are not able to counter all the time in in teams like Chelsea or uh, I think also in the German national team, because most of the teams, uh, they like to defend and sit deep and, there is not that much spa- space and behind uh, of the last line. So if I, as a coach, had somebody like Timo Werner, I'd try to the, find the best position for him and find to, in, in, with position, I mean the, the best room or the best space in a certain situation. And I think Thomas Tuchel, he's right now with Timo Werner in kind of a process about that, but they will find a solution for that. And if they find the optimal solution, Timo Werner He's like a weapon. I'm, I'm totally convinced. And on the other hand, of course, he's young and I think there's a lot of pressure and there's also a lot of pressure about the, the mentality for him. In Germany, he had to fight with fans who called him uh, really bad words after he, he dived one time at uh, Schalke and it was also on the TV. It was a meme in the internet. So there are a lot of things that bring pressure to him. And I think that's you can see this with Fernando Torres as he was at Chelsea. It's always for strikers. It's it's a hard time if you are a meme on the internet. So I think that's one of the, the most important aspects. They need to control the the part of, of the mentality of the pressure for him and also find the best position, the best space in, in the game. Of
0: course, I mean, I've been certainly enamored by Timo Werner. First and foremost, for coming across him at RB Leipzig, but the past three, four months at Chelsea, I mean, if the law of averages is a real thing, Christian, I take next season team of owner will be at the top end of the goal charts. But I mean, largely this is a Chelsea team that is prepared to suffer. But um, you look at Thomas Tuchel; he's created harmony within the group, which was you know, it was essentially disjointed after Lampard's departure. And um, everyone has got fair opportunities and even the likes of Kepa, uh, Antonio Rudger coming back into the side, Andreas Christensen, the Malign Jorginho. Players trust them, and we spoke off camera about how quickly they've been able to assimilate concepts. I mean, when we look at Guardiola and Tuchel, they're not just master tacticians, they I mean, they speak multiple languages. How undervalued and underappreciated is the role of social competence when you're working
1: at the heights they are in the game of football. I think the social competence is the most important aspect for a coach. We're always talking a lot about tactics, about game models and so on, but the most important aspect is this kind of social interactions with your players. If your players are not convinced from about what you're saying to them, or if they are they don't trust you, you are lost as a coach. So as you can see, the players in general If they like to remove you, they will be successful if they don't like you. So if you are not good at the social skills, the basic of of human interaction, you will lose the team and you will lose everything you you could set up about tactics and so on. So it's the most important aspects of our work. You can see that with Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp is a great human being and it's one of his biggest strengths. And I think that's also something that makes him really top, top coach. And I think guys like Thomas Tuchel and Pep Cariola, they, have, they are not guys like Klopp, but I think also they have uh, great social skills and know how to handle the group and uh, which, which way of handling the group is important in which situation uh, specifically. So it's totally underrated and we need to talk a lot about just being human in football. I think it's something that we don't speak enough about because the players are just humans with different interests, with different needs, with different uh, yeah, problems, with and the same as f- for us coaches. It's like in every like every human group in the society else, and I think that's really important. And as you could see, Pep Guardiola yesterday in the in the match against uh, after they winning the title, and he was crying in front of the TV camera and was appreciating Agriero and what a great guy he is. And I think that's something you can impress your players with that you, that they, they know you're honest, that you're real, that you're not playing a role or something. And I think Pep Guardiola is always real and he always tries to to push his players to the, to the limits and the players appreciate that. And that's the same with Thomas Token. Naturally,
0: I think, and I, Agreed. To be fair, that both managers Guardiola and Tuchel have indeed created, you know, cultures and systems within their respective clubs that are bigger than any player. And we've seen this season how the likes of Almeric Laporte and Raheem Sterling have suffered as a result of ill-discipline in Guardiola's squad. But if we are going to touch briefly upon the tactics, of course, Christian. I mean, we have seen over the past month, Chelsea have played Manchester City twice and indeed have beaten them twice albeit taken to two different approaches. Um, one in the FA Cup which was of notable interest was the featuring of Kepa, Erizabalaga, Belaga and Golds. And we've seen in that game, Chelsea's outball was largely Reese James or Ben Chilwell. However, that was aided with the runs and the dynamism of the likes of Hakim Ziyech and Mason Mount, who were constantly dragging Rodri and respective full-backs, uh, Mendy, and Joe Cancelo out of play. And James and Chilwell often tasked with progressing the ball forward. Then, two weeks ago, we've seen in the Premier League City's unusual 5-1-4 formation going to man, <laughs> man-to-man versus Chelsea's 3-4-3. And as you disclosed earlier yourself, indeed, essentially, Chelsea were looking to base pressure in a half spaces before utilising Werner's pace in behind. If... <laughs> I mean, that's quite a mouthful, question. But how do you think, to the best of your knowledge, will both sides set up to counteract each other on Saturday?
1: It's really hard to predict, I think, because Pep Guardiola tends to do different things, especially in important games. Um, it's really hard to predict. As you remember back then, as you played with Bayern Munich against uh, the FC Barcelona, he played man-to-man all over the pitch and it was really crazy to watch because nobody expected it at all. And I think Pep is a really creative guy and he's somebody who is right now probably sitting since uh, yeah, since yesterday all the time in his chamber and lock, uh, locking it up and watching games, games, games of Thomas Tuchel in every manner and tries to find the perfect plan. And I think it's hard to predict. I, I, if I would try, I would miss, I think, So, and for Thomas Tuchel, I think he won't do much experiments. I think he's in this, in this kind of matches, He was always about stability, about doing the things you know you're good at. You could see that at Dortmund, you can see that at Chelsea right now. And I think he won't set up different than he has done in the the past weeks. So maybe he will change a few specific dynamisms between positions or players, but I, think he won't change formations or something like that um, I would predict that he will bring on uh, N'Golo Kante uh, because he would he will be so important to close down the half spaces and that's what I would do um, and try to have a good dynamism or good dynamics and, and dynamic players into my midfield and between the lines but uh, I think as I, as I said really hard to predict.
0: And I mean, as you alluded to earlier on Christian, do you believe it will be a game won and lost in the half spaces given that we've seen there's many similar principles utilized by both sides?
1: Yeah, they're they're kind of of the same when it comes to using the half spaces. They are doing it with different structures but the intention is the same. So they try to dominate this and try to free player between the lines into the half space and be able to change or switch sides after a quick passes on one side. So baiting the team up or baiting the other team one to one side, drag them and then bring the ball to the other side. And you need the house bases to be occupied in a certain manner uh, to have a good change of, of play. So I think it would, will be a battle of, of about house spaces, and it can be really interesting because in the end the individual class of the players will decide that into this certain areas. And maybe somebody is to, to, to try to overload them I I think pep maybe is a guy who tries to overload the house spaces so he's he's he can ensure he's sure that he will dominate the house spaces maybe bring two players in each house space but we'll see I possibly he will use uh, the full bikes again to occupy the house spaces because you have more control and uh, yeah, the rest defense and the counter-attacks and you have also the, the ability to bring five players between the lines. Maybe something like that. Uh, if I would be, maybe I would try it like that to, to bring more players into the center and yeah, just be convinced about my players on the, on the, on the, on the, the, the outside line and to win the, the one-on-one and bring the cross or uh, cutting it back. I think that could be a possible good way. And Christian, if I had to put you
0: under pressure for a prediction, who do you think is going to win on Saturday?
1: Yeah, from patriotism, I should say Thomas Tuchel probably, but um, I think Pep Guardiola is a guy that I admire him since I started as a coach, even before. So I'm really into Pep Guardiola and his way of playing and uh, and. Also, the way he, he treats his players and he's, he's communicating with the press and so on. I learned a lot from him out of, st- out of distance. Um, so, I'm predicting that pa- Pep will find a real creative solution and it will be a really tough game. But in the end, they they will win this game and maybe in extra time. But I think Pep Guardiola and Manchester City, they were going to do it. And Thomas Tuchel yeah, will lose his second final in yeah, one year. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but um, finally to close, Christian, um, I mean, one club you're currently involved with, Holstein Kiel, and um, just a quick word on them. I mean, they've had an amazing season. What a run to the semi-finals of the DFB Pokal, and now they're in the playoffs, the promotion relegation for the Bundesliga against Cologne. Yeah. I mean, what do you have to say about? Holsten Keel's performances this season—it's been utterly amazing to watch from a distance.
1: Yeah, we have a really talented coach. We have a really good squad with Ole Werner. We have a coach that he—he's really into a positional game when it comes to possession, but he also learned from, uh, yeah, the defending from from player coaches that were before him. He learned a lot from Tim Walter, from Marcus Anfang, also from Carsten Neitzel, who were in the club before him, and I think he's. Uh, really interesting coach to watch in future, a really interesting coach because he is on the human base. He's a really good guy and he's really based in general. So it's incredible what he made with the team, especially under the certain conditions with COVID and and yeah, you have to see the squad was two times in quarantine and that's a really hard thing for a squad who's going on a run and he's competing in, in two different, uh, yeah, in two different leagues. So in the B F B Pokal and also in, in the, the Bundesliga, uh, and always for the highest, always for the highest goal. And they did an, an incredible job. The whole club did an incredible job, and uh, the team, yeah, really good characters into it, like Hauke Vai or captain. I think there are players into it that have a a, a really great class and you can see that they are able to think about football. And sadly, now we are in in the relegation games for the promotion uh, and not going directly into the first league, but I think it's a great result. And if you would say to the club at the beginning of the season, you will finish at the third place and going to play uh, Cologne in the relegation games for, for the promotion. Everybody would say immediately, yes, we will do it. That's great. And also in the, in the DFB Pokal, I think if you are going to, to beat this Bayern Munich side with this Robert Lewandowski right now into this form uh, in the own stadium and as a team from the second division, it's, it's amazing. So what a season. I think there's not much comparable or in comparison in, in the whole world right now to what they have achieved in this season and uh, I'm really proud to be a part of it also when it's just the academy. And I think what's utterly more remarkable
0: in that season where Werder Bremen get relegated, Hamburg have been in the Bundesliga since 2018, Holst and Kiel have an opportunity to be the only northern German club in the Bundesliga next season, and I'm sure it's a game most of us will be tuned into over the coming week. Well, both playoff games, in fact. But um, Christian, once again, big thanks for coming on for round two. Hopefully,
1: we'll have uh, Scott to get you on in the future for round three. Yeah, I would be really glad about that, and I wish every every listener a really nice game at the weekend and uh, enjoy as, as much as you can possibly do. From the tactical side and also from just the spectator side, I will be also a fan and not the tactical coach. So I have two glasses, I think. Tactical coach glasses when I watch a game and also the fan glasses. And I can only recommend to everybody watch it with the fan glasses at the weekend. Fantastic. Christian, top man.
0: Thanks for having me.